today we come to the penultimate chapter of Peter's first epistle, chapter 4. The, the theme of suffering is clearly dominant from beginning to end, though in the middle of the section, uh, middle section of the chapter, Peter emphasizes more how we ought to conduct our lives as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, even in the midst of suffering, as we wait the coming of our Lord Jesus. So let's take a look at some of what we find here. Um, first of all, back, back in Paul's uh, second letter to the Corinthians, he noted that for the Christian, he said in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. And we saw there Paul further illustrate that idea. Well, he saw, we saw it you know, in, in Ephesians, Ephesians 6. He says when our, our, the armor and the weaponry consist of things like truth and gospel and uh, righteousness, salvation, faith, and the word of God. Now, Peter uses that same truth in the very first verse of our chapter today when he tells believers to, in 1 Peter 4, 1, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. Wait, arm arm yourself with what? A way of thinking. That's exactly what he said. As a believer, our thoughts and our way and pattern of thinking are often what protects us and enables us to respond as we should in any given situation. In this particular case, Peter is teaching us about responding to hardship and suffering. And notice what that when he refers to arming ourselves with a way of thinking, he specifically says, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. Same as what? What way of thinking? Consider the phrase right before. Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. In other words, when you are suffering in any way, arm yourself with the thought that during his life and ministry, even the Lord Jesus Christ suffered. This is to remind us that uh, just as Jesus' suffering led to glory for him in the end, the same promises hold true for us as well. Knowing that none of our sufferings and none of our hardships are pointless in vain, um, but are rather actually, as, as Paul put it in 2 Corinthians 4, they are, all our sufferings are preparing for us an eternal way to glory beyond all comparison. That is a great armor for us against our sinful tendency to anxiety or distrust of God, resentment against God and fear. Oh, and one more thing. How do you obtain this Christ-focused way of thinking? Get in the Word and stay in the Word. Well, secondly, another aspect of the Christian way of thinking that Peter lays out here in this early, or clearly in this chapter, is the fact that there is a day most certainly coming for every individual human being when there will be a reckoning for all things done, whether good or bad. And that means while it may not appear so now, those by whose hands suffering comes and who live lives in rejection of the Lord Jesus Christ will face the Lord in judgment. Peter says in verse 5, they will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. Peter refers to those who spend their days, according to verse 4, living in sensuality, passions, drunkenness, orgies, drinking, parties, and lawless idolatry. And no doubt many of them who live in, in such a way have no fear of judgment in their minds. They revel in their way of life. However, the wise Puritan Thomas Brooks once wisely said, Those sins that seem most sweet in life will prove to be the most bitter in death. So as, so as those who bear the name of Christ follow Peter's exhortation in verse 4 and do not join them 
in the same flood of debauchery. Well, finally, Peter is adamant that in the midst of suffering, life can and must go on. We shouldn't halt everything and wallow in self-pity. Rather, we should do the opposite and continue to give ourselves away to others, especially in the church. One sure way to fight depression and self-pity is to serve other people. So Peter reminds believers in verse 10 that each one of us has received a gift. Each one of us has been gifted of the Holy Spirit uh, to grant us unique abilities to serve and build others up. We've, we've received a gift, he says, and so we're to use it, in verse 10, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. And Peter helpfully lays out two broad categories of gifts that God gives to believers. Notice in verse 11, he says, whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. So of the gifts that God gives, gives to his people by the Holy Spirit, some gifts seem to be more speaking-oriented, namely teaching, encouraging, etc., and others appear to be more serving-oriented, like doing acts of mercy or generosity, etc. All gifts typically fall into one of those categories. The point is, though, that we've all been gifted, and uh, it is incumbent upon us to recognize how we've been gifted and then use the, uh, that gift or those gifts to serve other people. Why? Not only so that we kill our tendency to focus on ourselves all the time, but especially and ultimately, as he says in verse 11, that every, in order that everything, in everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. And those are just a few thoughts from First Peter chapter 4.